Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers web zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al, Zane, and Brian. Hey, everybody. This is Al Sacco. And to this day, I have to pinch myself when I think about some of the people from the NFL landscape you've actually been lucky enough to speak with. And it's been, you know, going on seven seasons of that right now. So we're very lucky. And we thought about some of our favorites. So one that will always stick out to me and I thought was a good one to kick it off with is the interview we did with former 49ers running back and kick returner Dexter Carter back in 2017. Now, Dex is a terrific guy. He was a former first-round draft pick. He led the team in rushing in 1990 and his unbelievable career as a kick returner earned him a spot on the 49ers all-time 50th anniversary team. Now, why was this interview one of our favorites? Well, Dexter was great. He, he did not hold anything back in talking about what it was like to break in with the team. He talked about the Joe Montana, Steve Young competition and transition and what that was like for, for the team and in the locker room. He gave his thoughts on the real reason why the 49ers traded Charles Haley, which you got to check out, and the story behind the microwave incident with Bill Romanowski. And if you're not familiar with that, it, pretty interesting and entertaining so if you're a 49ers fan of any age it's a must listen um is there's so many good behind the scenes stories here enjoy it our guest played seven seasons with the 49ers and was the team's first round pick in 1990 please welcome super bowl champion number 35 dexter carter dexter thanks so much for being here man hey alan zane it's a pleasure being with you guys man and joining you on the 49er web zone looking forward to it yeah, thank you, man. And we kind of got a little bit of a streak going. We had Derek Deese on last week, so we got a streak of Super Bowl champions here, right? So it's like we're two for two, right, in the last two weeks. <laughs> Absolutely. And Derek, ne- Derek Deese, man, a great offensive lineman when I played, a great friend, and I'm sure he did a great job on the show. Yeah, it was great. Awesome stuff. Um, so kind of diving right into it, Dexter, we wanted to, to kind of start off with your first first year in the league. And you came to a team that was coming off back-to-back Super Bowl wins. And they were kind of primed for another. And we're kind of wondering what it was like to be the new guy coming in with high expectations on that team. Did you feel pressure or was it more like this team's so good, I can kind of take my time and develop my game? That is a very, very good question to start out with because coming into the league my first year, as you stated, back-to-back Super Bowl champions and actually was, I believe I was George Seifert's first first round draft pick or the second one but mm-hmm. I think that was his first year but nonetheless um coming out of Florida State at 5'9 170 pounds uh I think a lot of people looked at it as 
the 49ers were drafting as a luxury because they really didn't need anything. At every position, they were loaded. They were coming off back-to-back Super Bowls and primed for a third, which ironically, we went to the NFC Championship game that year. Um, and uh, uh, there's always pressure when you're changing jobs. There's pressure when you're changing, um, you know, in sports, you know, going from high school to college, college to the pros. So there was a pressure, but a pressure that was no different in my opinion, although it's on the professional level. But coming out of high school in South Georgia and going to Florida State, you know, the year after they had the number one recruiting class in the country with Deion Sanders and Sammy Smith, you know, and those guys. So there was pressure there, too, and I played as a true freshman. So um, it was very, very similar, but it allowed me to come in, and I knew Roger Craig was there, so it didn't put a whole lot of pressure on me. There was Joe Montana, you know, there, and Jerry Rice and John Taylor outside and Brent Jones there tight end and I can keep on throwing names out there of how solid that team was but mm-hmm. allowing me to come in and really my first year I didn't even do punt returns I didn't do punt returns until my four, third or fourth year and I was second in the league when I did it but kickoff returns was what I started out and then around the sixth seventh game of the season Roger Craig got hurt and through training camp I had worked my way up from about five or six deep on the depth chart up to 17 behind Roger. And when Roger got hurt, then it forced me into the starting lineup. And first game starting on Monday Night Football, um, I guess you can take these results and realize how nervous I was or I wasn't. But I had uh, 124 yards rushing Mm -hmm. um, on Monday Night Football, had my first NFL touchdown. So, I went on to lead the team in rushing as a rookie. You know, I didn't kill the stats that year, but I led the team in rushing. So, um, but it still was nervous as there as a first year guy. Um, but nothing abnormal. But uh I had a great obviously there was a great team there that allowed me to uh not feel the pressure until I really got in there as a starter, but but you know, I handled it. I had that kind of pressure at Florida State, but it was great. It was great. It wasn't. It wasn't terribly uh, bad. I thought it was a great, great experience being in San Francisco and just having those teammates around me that made me feel comfortable. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at 
at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odyssey podcast. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. When you look back at your career, what does it mean to you that you were really one of the top return men in the history of the 49ers, such, such a great franchise? You know what? I'm so thankful that you mentioned that because it kind of puts things in perspective and you know, I knew I was up there. I didn't realize exactly where I was, but um, those numbers really, you know, I hope validates the career that I did have. And trust me, it, it means the world to me because, in my opinion, the most storied organization, um, the dynasty that the 49ers had at that time in that era of the NFL and the greatest owner in team sports, in my opinion, um, to be included in that 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 you just said, uh, it, it it truly means a lot to me. And uh, as far as you know, my work ethic, the time that I put in, and and uh, and being able to do what I did at you know five nine one hundred seventy pounds in the league of giants. So um, it's very very special to me back then, and very very special to me today. So. I appreciate you uh, pointing that out. It means a lot. And, and you know, and one thing, too, is uh, in 1996, which was my last season with the 49ers, it was the, um, uh, I believe it was the 50th anniversary of the 49ers. And they selected the media, the team, um, uh, but they had a number of areas or people that selected an all-time team. And, you know, of course, Joe was at quarterback. Uh, Jerry was at the receiver's position. But they voted me on the 50th anniversary all-time team as a returner. And they gave us a commemorative ring that I still obviously have today. That means, you know, the Super Bowl, not many people, very very few guys that even play in the NFL get it. And that means a lot to me. But that all-time team ring that they presented to us means a lot because it put in perspective, again, that they thought I was one of the top return guys in the history. So um, it was very, very, very special. And I don't really have any uh, (laughs) greater words to say than what I've already said about it. It's just wonderful. Now, you were one of those guys that was kind of there for the transition from the, the teams of the late 80s to the teams of the 90s. You played from 90 to 96 with the Niners. So that means you were there from the transition from Joe Montana to Steve Young. 
What do you kind of remember from that time? Is Was there any real divide in locker room about who should have been quarterback once Joe was kind of healthy and ready to go at the end of at that 92 season? Oh, I tell you what, man, you guys, are, you guys got some great questions. And <laughs> here, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm working on a book and, you know, in writing a book, you've got to be, you know, like an analyst, you've got to be objective, you mm-hmm. know, about what you say, but you got to be truthful. Um, because those that were around know the truth. There are two major things in my life that I think I was a part of two great transitions. Um, the very first one was obviously, as you mentioned, Joe Montana and the Steve Young transition, which I'm going to get to and go in detail with. But the other one was uh, the transition from Bobby Bowden to Jimbo Fisher. Because mm-hmm. I was on that, I was on that staff. Coach Bowden hired me in 2007 uh, as the running backs coach, and he hired Jimbo as the offensive coordinator. So we worked together for three years until, and then the transition occurred. But after the very first year, uh, you know, is when pretty much what I experienced with Joe and Steve started happening there, you know, with Bobby and Jimbo Fisher. So that's a story in itself. But but I tell you, Joe, um, first of all, I was in awe of Joe. And my locker was right beside him. Mm-hmm. I was in eighth grade. I was in eighth grade when Joe was in the NFL. So that's a big, big deal to me. Right. right. <laughs> but, um but, but, but that very first year, seeing Joe lead us to the NFC Championship game, as he's done uh, four times prior in Super Bowls, it was awesome. Everything that I thought it would be or what I thought Joe was came to fruition for me. And then to see a guy sitting behind him that had been waiting this time and not really knowing what was going on behind the scenes before I got there, you know, but, but he was you know, anxious to get his opportunity. And I was just telling this story tonight at my 11 year old's semi, um, uh, uh, semi, uh, playoff championship game tonight. Uh, and, and, and I said, said in the NFC championship game, Joe rolled out to his right and Leonard Marshall barreled down on him and I we all were on our sideline. Joe was running to our sideline and he stopped to throw the ball downfield and Leonard Marshall hit him right in the back and that's when his back problems, you know, were exacerbated. Well, that's when that off season, um, you know, the forty ers had decided whether Joe came back healthy or not, they were gonna make the transition to Steve. Now it didn't help the situation that Joe actually worked his butt off and came back earlier than what they anticipated. But then it didn't help the fact that Steve won NFL MVP in his first year. Mm -hmm. Um, So it made it very, it kind of validated what the 49ers wanted to do. But how do you tell Joe Montana, it's time to go, we're going to replace you. And that taught me something early on that, uh, because I experienced it with Joe and Ronnie that first year, then Roger, I believe, that second year. And it taught me that, you know, at some point, they, the team decides when you're too old. And Joe mm-hmm. proved, well, they all really proved because they all went to different teams and actually had a few more years of really, really good football. But, mm-hmm. um, but 
But I remember when Joe came back and he was ready to play. And this is, a, this is one of those stories that goes in the book, but I'm going to tell it anyway because, you know, we're, what, 20 years later. And you know what? And I'm, hey, it's nothing that we don't already know. But, um, but I remember Steve was a little apprehensive, nervous a little bit, you know, having, you know, the great Joe look over his shoulder. Um, and this is from my eyes and the way I interpreted it, because when Joe got healthy enough, I expected, just like everyone else expected, Joe to come out to practice and either be a backup or fight for the starting job. And Joe mm-hmm. never came out to practice, but he was healthy. And mm-hmm. he would go out and he would, but he would go out and practice in between our walkthrough, which was about 11 in the morning, and then our practice in the afternoon, which was about three. And Jerry would always go out with him and catch his passes. And mm-hmm. I'm like, why, why wouldn't he, you know, why wouldn't they let him come out and practice with us? And, and you know, the word, you know, around the locker room was, you know, and we love Steve, don't get us wrong, because Steve is a great quarterback in his own right. But at the end of the day, it's not anything that wasn't being talked about across the country at that time. They just didn't know the inward talks and uh, actions that were going on. But um, come to find out from what we heard was that Steve didn't feel comfortable with Joe out there. So that made me think, dang, this is the great Joe Montana. Mm-hmm. And they won't let him on the practice field because the starter now, you know, don't, doesn't feel comfortable. Now, they're both great 49er quarterbacks and would be etched in the history of what that our storage franchise has been able to do. You know, but, uh, and it's so, I'm so happy to see Joe back into the fold, you know, um, after his Kansas City uh, uh, time there. I think it takes years, the same way it did with Bobby Bowden at Florida State. It takes years, you know, for things to settle down and, you know, and, 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 and bad feelings to, you know, move on. Um, and that's what it was there with the 49ers. There were some bad feelings because many thought Joe, if Joe could still play, Joe should be the guy. But Steve did a great job coming in and performing the way he did, you know, win league MVP. So it was hard to take the job back from him. And when we won the Super Bowl in 94, that's special to me because I won it with Steve. You know, mm-hmm. but if, you're, if you remember on the sideline that night, talked about, hey, take the monkey off my back because that's how important that night was to him. He had to win the Super Bowl to finally create his spot in the NFL history books or the 49er history books that wasn't there before, no matter how many NFL MVPs he won, he didn't win the big one. And Joe won it four times, but it only took Steve Wynn that won to really make his mark. So I was proud of him, you know, but I'm happy that I had a great experience with, you know, Joe and Steve and that entire team that I played with, you know, there's only two guys that, you know, you can ask me this question later and I'm trying to give you a little filler here. There's only two guys, two guys that, you know, I had issues with there. Every other person was a blast to work with. I'm talking about from the front office to 
to the players. But, you know, and one guy was worse than the other. But, you know, if you want to hear about that, you can ask me about it and i tell you. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Well, we got to follow up with that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, who, who was it? Who were those guys, Dexter, that you were, uh, maybe weren't so, so great teammates at the time? Okay, well, I... You know, and you know, and and you know, from a professional perspective, we had to be great teammates, but they made it very, very difficult. I'm gonna tell you the one that made it least that 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 wasn't the worst. He was the second. He was second in line. You know, and a great, great, great player has more Super Bowl rings than anybody. I know what you're gonna say. Uh huh. But 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 at least we know now why he was the way he was. But Charles Haley didn't care who you were he didn't care if you were a rookie and he didn't think he didn't care if you were joe montana he would give it to you verbally he would i mean you know if he wasn't picking on you you were happy he didn't and you would think it was funny i saw him i saw him get on joe montana joe was very good at ignoring him though Mm -hmm. but there was one guy that nobody messed with. And Charles didn't even mess with him. And when he messed with him, two weeks later, he was gone. And when I say gone, he was given away to Dallas. Right. Our best defensive player, mm-hmm. and he was given away to Dallas, who at the end of the day, you know, helped take three rings off of my fingers. <laughs> you right. know, mm-hmm. I could have had three more Super Bowl rings, but Charles Haley was, oh my goodness, he was like that when he was 15 years old. 
But now, all these years later, we find out why he was that way. Because he would come to work some days, and he literally, it looked like he didn't get any sleep. He wouldn't say a thing to you, to nobody. And come to find out, he was, he was taking Ritalin. Because mm-hmm. back then, they had diagnosed him with hyperactivity. But now, 25-plus years later, that diagnosis, which they didn't know back then, was bipolar. Mm. And, and now they've got it under control. You know, I, I see him every year at the DeBartolo Family Foundation event in Tampa. And, you know, he's still the laughable Charles Haley, have a good time. But, but I am so happy for him that they've got that under control because it was bad. It was bad. But the day that he went at Jerry Rice and Jerry went back at him, what, oh, transpired in that, what transpired in that locker room that morning led to two weeks later, the 49ers literally giving Charles away to their wow. toughest competitor. Wow. You know, so that kind of tells you, oh, my God, you know, what did he do? You mm-hmm. know, there's a, little bit, there's a little bit more to that story that I can't share on the air. But nonetheless, <laughs> nonetheless, it's a true story. Anybody who may hear what I say, it's nothing negative. You know, it's not saying anything bad about the 49er organization. It's not saying anything bad about Charles. It's just saying that, you know what, we gave literally the best NFL defensive player away to our toughest competitor because mm-hmm. he messed with the wrong guy, <laughs> you know. Now, I'm sure, the, you know, Jerry and Steve are they, – they're okay today. I mean, you know, but – I'm sorry – Jerry and um, Charles are okay today, but back then you couldn't mess with Jerry. You know, now now to get to the guy that I really have no love for today, and I say that because here we are. Nine, let's see, almost what nine? Let's see, ninety. 2000, 2010, we're talking about almost 28 years later. And I was looking at ESPN, um, the herd. My brother calls me and he says, hey, Dexter, hey, man, look at this. He sent me, and I'm like, are you serious? This guy is still talking about this after almost 30 years? So let me tell you what happened. The guy is Bill Romanowski. Oh, Bill kind of Romanowski. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Exactly. Now, Bill Romanowski, understand, everybody understands the dude was a step ahead of the NFL when it came to steroids. Mm-hmm. So we can, we can make excuses and say, hey, he was like that because, you know, you know how they say that makes you angry, makes you do things. Well, I do believe that, but there were other guys, a few other guys on the 49ers that did steroids too, and they weren't like that. Now, um, every training camp, every training camp, you know, the 49ers and during the season, we never practice in pads. You know, we never practice in pads. But during training camp, for about two weeks, we practice in pads and we hit. Every single training camp I was in with Bill Romanowski, I was voted at least four times, four years. I was I was the best blocking back because one, I man, I was squatting six hundred and some pounds in high school. So 
that's where my strength came from. So as a small back, I, I understood leverage and balance. Now, would, he, would a big guy run over me eventually? Yes, but the quarterback only needs about two and a half seconds, you know, and he needs to step up or step out of the pocket. Well, in training camp, when we would block each other, uh, he would always pick a fight with me. Every training camp. Mm-hmm. Now, it never rolled over into the season until 19, I think, 94. You're going to think this story is funny. And the first I heard about this story after our, my time was done with the 49ers was 2007. And I'm coaching the running backs at Florida State, and one of my players come in, and he's got Bill Romanowski's book. And he says, hey, coach, hey, what's up with this right here? And I'm like, what are you talking about? He says, uh, man, Bill Romanowski tells this story about you and him getting in a fight in the locker room, and he threw a microwave at you. What? And I, <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, not only that, but he choked me. Oh, my now, gosh. Exactly. Now, I've seen Bill Romanowski twice since then. I saw him at a DeBartolo event, and I totally uh, pretended I didn't know anything about it because I'm not the confrontational one, right? Then the second time was at the Hall of Fame last year or two years ago when Mr. D got inducted into the Hall of Fame. We were at the Hall of, uh, his Hall of Fame party. And I totally ignored him the whole night. The third time was at the Bartolo event this year. And this was the first time after the ESPN uh, 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 interview he was on. Now, that time it really bothered me. Because I'm like, we're talking about 30 years later and this dude is still telling this lie. And this is what he said. Now, I'm going to tell you what happened, but I'm also tell you what he said at the same time. In our lounge, we have, we, back then we had one microwave. Three people usually use it at the same time. You know, you could put three sandwiches in there and it works. Well, it, we've done it always. Well, this one day I walk in there, you know, guys are in the lounge, you know, chilling, watching TV. And, um, I open it up and there's another sandwich in there. I don't know whose it is. I just put mine in there, and as usual, we reset it and turn it on. So Bill looks at me. I look to my left, and Bill says, hey, what are you doing? And I said, I'm putting my sandwich in the microwave. He said, well, I don't want it in there with mine. So he opens it up, takes it out. Well, I open it up, and I take and I put it back in. Now, before I could let go, of the handle with my left hand, Bill is to my left. There's two round tables. Uh, there's round tables all around us and two behind me or to the side of me and a wall. So Bill, when I put it back in there, before I could close it, Bill does attack me. Now that is true. He does, you know, he's about what, six, four, I'm five, nine. So he does, he does get me around the neck area, but he, but he, but it's a push. It's an attack. So immediately I fall back on a round table. Okay. 
as I fall back, the microwave door comes off in my hand. By the time I fall back, there's other players already intervening, breaking it up. So, you know what I'm saying? So it's not really, it's a big deal, but there, there's no advantage at this point. Mm-hmm. But when they, but when they pull him off of me, I'm, I'm pissed off because my father, mm-hmm. my late father, name is Levy Carter, and you don't mess with Levy Carter, okay? <laughs> so <laughs> a little Levy came out in me. So I uh, threw the microwave door at him, and I tried to get a chair and throw at him, but the guys grabbed me. So there was no microwave thrown at anybody and it was literally stopped well within moments within five minutes it gets up to george seifert and george seifert calls us up to his office now this is what happened during the fight okay he didn't want my sandwich in there i put it back in there he did attack me as he pushed me back on the table it was aggressive he broke a gold chain that i had you know, now he didn't necessarily choke me, but his hands were around my throat area, but it was broken up. We go up to George Seifer and George, this is what George says to Bill. He says, Bill, what is your problem? He said, you always seem to have an issue with Dexter in training camp, but this is the first time it's ever come off the field. You know, so George even noticed what the issue was. He said, you know what? It stops here. We're not going to do this again. And it never, ever happened again. Mm-hmm. The issue with Bill is this. Bill is going around the country still after 30 years telling people, one, he, he by, by the way, um, go on YouTube. If you look up Dexter Carter, it comes up. And Bill is on there literally about five months ago telling the story, saying that he threw a microwave at me and he picked me up and choked me up against a wall is what he's saying. So the story kind of has been fantasized since back in the day. But this is what he said on the herd that really pissed me off. Anybody who played with the 49ers, anybody who, who um, knows how the 49ers practice, know that during the season, we never practice in pads, which means you don't tackle. You don't do any of that. The reason it came up on the herd is because he said, um, evidently, two teammates must have gotten into it in practice and he said hey how is it to get over something when you've had an issue with a teammate and he said oh he said oh no when it comes to players we're boys you know hey we fight then we get over it and we move on he said one day i i threw a microwave at dexter carter and picked him up and choked him and you know what i went out to practice that day and i had three sacks i had two interceptions hey didn't bother me you know, like it was a joke. Mm-hmm. And right there he's lying because, one, how could he have sacks when we don't even practice in pads? He could have had a couple of interceptions, but I doubt it. So I hope he hears this show because I got a lot of love for him. <laughs> you know, but that's my hey, He is the only one of the 49ers to me that, one, just was a jerk. But it's interesting that if you if you go and Google Bill Romanowski or you ask anybody about him, the feelings I'm sharing is no different. 
Right. The dude has issues. Mm-hmm. He has issues. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, I'm a I'm a I'm I'm a hey, I'm a happy 49er for life. And I love what we did this past week. I'm glad we got a win. And hopefully we can talk just a little bit even about that because that's more important. But nonetheless, hey, Dexter Carter is a 49er. And you wanted to know about me a little bit here going in, you know, in my future and about my experiences. And I wanted to share a little bit of it with you. This is this has been so enlightening for both me and Al. I can speak for Al on this one, too, like being 49ers fans growing up and and. You know, one of the fondest memories I have had for my childhood was you guys winning that Super Bowl against the Chargers at the end of the 94 season. And I was only 10 years old, but that's, that stuff sticks with you for a lifetime. So, you know, thank you for putting your body on the line for all of us. And thank you for, for putting everything into, the, into this game. And, uh, man, we got to do this again sometime. Absolutely. Hey, I appreciate you guys having me on the show. And I appreciate you guys being lifelong fans. You know, at 10 years old, man, that is awesome. To That's why you never, you know, always teach, you know, kids, hey, you know, there's nothing more important than developing relationships. You know, I got an MBA. I got a bachelor's degree in early uh, uh, childhood development. Um, you know, you have all the degrees you want, but if you want to develop relationships through the course of your life, you know, it doesn't mean anything because people are going to hire whom they work with, whom they know, you know, whom know what they're doing. Uh, so develop those relationships and for you to be 10 years old watching us play in the Super Bowl and all these years later, you know, we're doing a, I'm on your show. You know, you mm-hmm. never know. That's why you treat people with respect. You, you treat them with dignity and, um, you know, and just do the best you can in life to treat people as you wish to be treated. So um, it's a pleasure being with you guys. I look forward to being on your show again and having you on mine and a, mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're lifelong friends now. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.